The reading today is from the Gospel of Mark. Jesus left that place and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. On the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astounded. They said, where did this man get all this? What is this wisdom that has been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary and brother of James and Joses and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Then Jesus said to him, Prophets are not without honor except in their hometown and among their own kin and in their own house. And he could do no deed of power there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then he went about among the villages teaching. He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. He said to them, Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you, and they refuse to hear you as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Vicki. Uh, this morning, um, as we dwell in this text of Mark, um, it feels familiar uh, for many of us that studied Luke 10 several years ago. Um, these words resonate with us and really come back in a strong way as we hear this call to be sent out into the world. So when we thought about um, what to look for here, we found a special video conversation with a bishop named Andy Doyle. He is an author and the ninth bishop of Texas in the Episcopal Church. So he is an Episcopalian, but we still like him. And uh, there's a film series, and it's called A Community Called for the Future. And this specific conversation with Bishop Andy uh, talks about the church of possibilities and really talks about this sending forth. Um, he speaks about what is possible when we, as a church community, leave unhealthy and destructive traditions in order to join God in God's mission. In this way, we enter into the gift of possibility that God has for the church and the world and for us at Mount Olivet. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Bishop Andy Doyle. I, you know, I think a lot of times we uh, we believe that the church is dying because it's really hard to see where the church is living. 
Uh, we come at it maybe from our own concerns, our own doubts. Uh, maybe we believe the church is dying because we can't see how possibly we're supposed to save it. Uh, maybe we believe the church is dying because we see shrinking numbers uh, in money and people. Maybe we think the church is dying for all kinds of reasons. And my guess is that you could ask any person within the denominational or wider Christian community about that, and they would have a, a thousand million different opinions about it. The reality is for Christians, we actually believe that uh, the church is God's. Uh, God's in charge of the church, that God is working God's purposes out through the church, through the people that he chooses to call into being as community and church. God's the one who says, uh, you know, follow me, come after me, do this work, join me in the field. There's, there's not enough people to help me. Uh, God is the great inviter into God's uh, reign and kingdom and this work. And so if that's true, and that's what we confess, and, and all of us, and, and from any variety of Christian perspective, we all confess that this is God's work that we're undertaking. God, as Bruder said, you know, I mean, what is God's mission going to be unsuccessful? Is this the God that we believe in, that, that God's mission can't and, and be who successful? Is God? Who's God and who is the God that you believe in? Well, I think that the God I believe in is a, is a God of community. I come from an Episcopalian background, so the God I believe in is one of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and kind of that ancient language of using. may not be the way you think about it, but it's this, for me, the, the beauty of that is that the God I believe in in this mysterious, crazy way is community and has chosen to share God's self and God's community with God's creation, and so invites all of, all of creation into community with God, most especially within that creation, the human, who, uh, as Rowan Williams, uh, the former Archbishop of Canterbury says, who have been given the ability to see God's hand at work in the world. So this God who is community invites the human creature to be a part of this great um, experiment, creation, uh, plan and work that God has uh, through that and for us as Christians whom we claim to know and see through the lens of the person of uh, Christ Jesus, this, this human, uh, and that that has meaning for us. And so we're, but how could that, how can we as followers of Jesus believe that he will be unsuccessful somehow. I mean, so now we're all in and trying to be community with God, with one another in the world, and in all kinds of ways. And I think the problem is that we've gotten focused on thinking that that means one thing. That means the Methodist way, the Episcopal way, whatever. I think God intends for us to have this diversity, but God intends a greater community, a greater... What is the way? What, what is the role of uh, God's church? Well, I think for us, as you know, and, and I learned early on that I can speak from the Episcopal perspective, right? So uh, for us, uh, and, I, and I believe this, so from my lens as an Episcopalian, as I look at God's mission, I would say that God's mission is the work of reconciliation, right? That God chooses community with uh, God's creation, therefore wants to be reconciled with creation, doesn't kind of wait for creation and the human being to be perfected, but instead joins us in creation. Good news. Yeah, it is good news because, it, because God intends to be reconciled with us, even though we're not really worthy of it. God's gonna do that work, comes towards us in our brokenness, 
um, God seeks uh, healing, uh, and we would say particularly to uh, work out the healing of history, uh, the creation of a uh, holy commons, right, a community in which diversity and difference is naturally a part of God's community, of God's commons through Christ. So he gathers all kinds of people. He's gathering Pharisees, gathering uh, the lost sheep, gathering the, the good sheep and the bad sheep. God, you know, through Christ is just gathering in, saying, let's be a community together, let's sit down, uh, and gives this spirit to us uh, as that works. So when, I, when you say that, well, what is this thing that we're about? God's, God's mission uh, is clear, it's reconciliation, to heal history, to build a commons, and to work for peace in the world, uh, and God's mission has a church. We believe that church is the Episcopal church. It could be the Methodist, it could be any church, but we as Episcopalians say, that's us. God has a church in us, this is our work, we share it, and we will do it through two different ways. We are going to undertake God's mission, um, and, I, and I, I, I really believe there's really basic. It is to, uh, it is, it's not to be, to figure out who our neighbor is, it's to be a neighbor to somebody and choose to serve them. To be, to come to a place of humility and knowing my own salvation and this grace and this reconciliation with God, that I would choose to serve you, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what kind of little part of society you fit in, I choose to serve you because I follow this Christ who chose to serve me, chooses to serve you. I'm going to do that work. So I choose to serve neighbor, and by doing that, I fulfill the second thing, which I think is really key in God's mission, which is sharing the good news that God has created this commons for all people. You know, that's it's great. I mean, that it's like you said, it's good news. I think there's a piece of our relationship with God as human beings uh, which is characterized by, are you talking to me? And you can, it's in the scripture, uh, you can talk to anybody who's been called into a vocation no matter what it is. We have this disbelief that we're the ones who have been called to do this work. Um, I don't know what that's rooted in. I had it, um, but God's inviting. God is saying, I'm choosing you. I've always chosen you. My son chose you. I'm, I've sent the Spirit because I choose you. I'm choosing you to work with me. I think a lot of times we get so paralyzed by the sense that we're not good enough, uh, holy enough, maybe we don't pray enough, whatever the enough, I'm not enough is. Uh, and yet God calls us in the not enough to join that, that procession of saints uh, and work. So I think one of the big pieces is not just to say what do we leave behind or what do we take on, what are we supposed to be doing in this, this, this world, but, but it's me. I mean, so one of the, the, I think the biggest invitations is to say, yes, here I am. Lord, yes, I'll, I don't know what this is going to mean. My spiritual director, but, but what? 
but there's not a but. It's just oh, that. there is a but, right? We want to know. So we want to have some certainty, right? But what? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. And now here's my list. And my, uh, I had this spiritual director when I was trying to consider about vocational stuff. He said, Andy, God, this is when I was being called, uh, invited to participate in the process to be uh, considered for bishop. And my director said, God's not calling you to be bishop. God's calling you to say yes to the process of discovery about what God intends in your life. And sometimes we get so far ahead, we think we have to say yes or no to that. And he went on to say, God is not going to reveal the highs or the lows of the journey that lies before you. Or otherwise, you'd never say yes. You know, that the, the part of it is just to get you to say, Let, then let's come along and discover what it's going to be. And we have this opportunity, this gift given to us, whether you're listening to this... Um, whether you're listening to this in the midst of a church or a small community, you're on your own at your house, uh, you, you know, you are like the greatest lay leader, clergy person ever in the world, or you've just decided you think God's caught a call on your heart. The reality is God's inviting you to take the journey into the world uh, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, and begin to recreate this thing. I think along the way we need to come to terms with a, a few things. Um, so let me just pause and say, I think along the way, we really have to come to terms with the fact that some of the stuff is destructive to the process. Some of the stuff we've inherited in the church is going to be an impediment, not only to saying, yes, we will follow you, but we're going to be dragged down by the way. It's like that, that moment in the mission when he's climbing up the waterfall with all of that stuff. And he's like, he's going to die, man. That stuff is going to fall from him and pull him back down. And we are, as a church, dragging that stuff up that waterfall, hoping somebody's gonna release it. And, I'm, and, I, and I feel like as one of the, the roles I get to do is I get to be the guy at the top of the waterfall with the knife who says, I don't think we need that. And just, and just allow you to realize, yeah, we have structures, there are pieces of our church, there are part, all that actually just needs to be let go of in order to really give this thing away. Uh, and there are gonna be some pieces of that, right? We don't, like for us in our tradition, as Episcopalians, we believe that decision-making is always best done with a clergy person in relationship with a bishop and the wider church, but also in relationship to the people in the context, et cetera, right? So we have this form and way in which we think, but does it have to be 12 people? Well, maybe it doesn't have to be 12 people. Maybe it doesn't need to be on Thursday nights. I mean, what are the structures that are holding us back from actually getting the work done? Maybe it ought to be three people because we're so small that all of our energy is being spent on this other stuff. So what are the structures? And to be able to say, as Bishop, let's free ourselves up a little bit from the stuff that's, that, that's holding us back. Let's, let's cut forward. And it takes somebody else. That's the amazing thing about this. You have to say yes. You know, you start out on the journey. You start climbing the falls. It's going to take somebody else which I think in the person, in the, is the person of Jesus. Sometimes I have to say, sometimes somebody has to say with the words of Jesus, you are free to do this. There's nothing that holds you back from not only accepting, but walking into this future that God has for you. And we gotta start saying that for one another. I mean, that's one of the most freeing things. So it's, it is the invitation, I think, to say yes, and it's the invitation to free one another from the burden of the structure that binds us.